0: This morning, though, this morning, though, I get the opportunity to, to, to bring a message. Um, initially, this message was going to be a reprise of a sermon that I did several years back called Be the Shiny, and uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a sermon series that I, that's really close to my heart and has had what I hope to be a good impact on the congregation, but... But about a month ago, I was like, nope, I think I need to go in a different direction. So with the brilliance of me choosing to go with something that I hadn't written yet versus something that had already been prepared, uh, we're going to step into looking at some verses out of Ephesians today. Uh, we are looking at empowerment, pastoral prayers, how pastors pray for the congregation. Do you have a clue that we prayed for you? That we, we pray for a, for a bunch of different stuff. Aaron's prayers are, are slightly different than my prayers. Uh, Aaron prays for Chipotle often, that that people will invite him to Chipotle, that maybe Chipotle will land on his his front doorstep, that that Chipotle just is a part of his daily life. Um, I don't pray for Chipotle. I pray for donuts. I like like donuts. I pray that people bring me donuts. My wife doesn't believe in donuts, so she prays the exact opposite. Um, Aaron prays for OSU. He's an OSU fan, so he prays for OSU to be successful. I don't, I pray for the exact opposite, and I think those probably cancel each other out as well. For all of you OSU fans, you guys are a little, a little too hoity-toity and, and, and easily riled up. But, but the handful of people that are anti-OSU fans, I'm praying for you. Aaron prays for his back pain. I pray for not saying something stupid on stage, though I've got people competing against that prayer too. Uh, from a church perspective, we, we pray for full seats, not necessarily so we can have the seats full, but that there's an opportunity to, uh, to spread God's word. We pray, for, we pray for the offering, not because we're money-grubbing uh, church people, but because we know that that'll have an impact on the community that we serve. We pray that the smoke machine and lights work out well, because it's really bad when it's super smoky in here. We pray for sick and hurting people. We pray for uh, new church property, because this one's getting too small, thankfully, so... But we we pray for a lot of stuff. Um, but but most of that stuff that we're praying for is kind of like temporary items. They're moments, they're they're things that will come and go, and 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 uh and and that's how our prayer lives tend to be, not just as pastors, but as 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 people that the, the immediate is what consumes our prayer life and 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 the painful stuff that we just want it to end or we want this to get better, or we want to see this happen or or receive this thing, and 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 sometimes we can just be overwhelmed with those small prayers. Not that those small prayers are bad. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Pray for all of that stuff. Pray for all of that stuff. But, but then there's, there's other significant stuff to be praying for as well. That ultimately, as, as the pastors of this congregation, we're praying for you. We're, we're praying for the body. We're praying for the people that... that that called Jesus Christ Lord and Savior and 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 this morning we're going to be looking at uh some verses out of Ephesians that I think are are some of the most significant prayer verses in scripture that were written by Paul and and it is a a prayer of strength a prayer of empowerment and and to be honest with you I need to be praying that prayer more often than I do that that I can get consumed with those momentary things in my life that I can get I can get focused on just like the little bubble that is my life and the intimate relationships that, that are there, and, and not that I've forgotten about you, but that can, that can block some of the bigger prayers out of the way. And, and, and I think that's just, that's just a, an issue that we all deal with, right? Does it sound disfamiliar? Does it sound unfamiliar? Walking through these, this prayer here helps me realign my focus. It helps me realign the the bigger picture of what God is doing and and what it is that is our desire for for not just you, but us as the body, for us as believers. So I'm going to read through this prayer in Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Hopefully it will be up on the screen. Hey, look, it's right there. So this is Paul speaking to the, the church at Ephesus. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he'll empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. This is, this is, a, this is a beautiful prayer. This is a powerful prayer. And we're going to walk through it. And, and just kind of look at it line by line. And, and I want to share with you from a, from a pastor's perspective how, how we pray for you through these verses, that, that, that the power that, that comes from these verses. So we'll start with verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything and in heaven and in earth. So those first, those first handful of words, when I think of all of this, so what is the all of this that Paul is, is talking about? It's three chapters of all of this. And I'm not going to go through all that because it's, it's like 10 sermons worth of all of this. But, but know that the, the general theme is that it is the, the glory of God, the power of God, who we were, who we are in him. It is, it is, just a, it is a beautiful three chapters of, of the wise of who we are, the wise of our Christian faith is the first three chapters of Ephesians. Now, if you walk away with nothing else, if you tune out the rest of the sermon, what I want you to do is walk away with one thing, that that a pastoral prayer for you in this coming week is that you read Ephesians. That that your taste of Ephesians is not limited to the seven verses that we're looking over today. That, That my desire for you as a pastor is to spend the next week slowly, humbly, prayerfully going through the book of Ephesians. That, that, that reading that prayerfully might drastically change your relationship with God. And I believe that that's what Paul's purpose is. That, that when he's thinking back about the three chapters prior, he falls to his knees in prayer, worshiping the God, the creator. And, uh, and my pastoral prayer for you is that you find that out that you read that, that you take some time to to look through those verses because uh, if it's making Paul falls to his knees, my prayer is that you do as well, that I do as well. So read Ephesians, slowly, prayerfully, humbly, and often. The next verse, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources he'll empower you with inner strength through his spirit. What gives you strength? What's the stuff that gives you Strength. That's not rhetorical. You can say something out. Spit something out. Coffee. coffee. So in the morning, I wake up like Prince Adam from, from He-Man. Not looking like Prince Adam because, you know, he looks a little bit weaker than I am. But I'm Prince Adam, I get my coffee. I lift my coffee up and I say, by the power of coffee, I have the power. And then I go sit in my chair and drink my coffee. But that brings me power, right? What else you got? So I heard coffee. Family. Family. Family relationships, right? That gives us some strength. The investment of relationships that when we get to invest in relationships with our family members and, and they invest in us, that's, that's, a, that's a boost, isn't it? What else you got? Faith. faith? We'll get to that one. That's, that's the church answer. That's not, I'm going to kiss up to the pastor and say faith. No, that's, that's a great answer. There's five-hour ed- five energy drinks, donuts, sugar, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. Sometimes it's just the situation. The situation gives us strength. You hear the stories of the 100 of the, of the pound mom that's lifting up a minivan to get the minivan off of her kid, that, 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 that adrenaline rush, that, that momentary situation gives her the strength to do something freakishly strong, right? There's all sorts of things that give us strength, but, but all those things are temporary. They're short-term energy boosts that, that even with our, with our family, with relationships with the family, when we're dealing with the weight and stresses of life and we rely on our family members to, to provide that strength, that's still limited because guess what they're dealing with? They're dealing with the weight and stresses of life as well. And, and you've got to understand that, that a pastoral prayer, the prayer that, that I am offering up to you guys, is not a, a prayer of suck it up, buttercup. You know, get, 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 the, get the willpower and, and, and get through what it is that you're getting through that that's even a temporary fix, and, and, and can be damaging as well. That, that often when we try to suck it up, that that is going counter to where the true power is. And, and, and a pastoral prayer of empowerment is that, is that you have real power. That in that, in that faith, in that relationship with, with God, you're tapping into the glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength. That just sounds like a a breath of fresh air right there, doesn't it? That when you're you're looking at this first verse, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower me with inner strength through his spirit. That's that's what we pray for you. That relationship with God, he's he's not got the weight and the stresses that we have. He knows them and he can handle them. But he is unlimited and we can have his power, We can tap into that. And we know the people that have, right? That, that not saying that you have not but there are people that you run into in life that, that when you're interacting with them, when you're talking with them, when you're seeing them serve or, 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 or handle situations, there is just this radically humble, peaceful strength that's in them, right? I've got a handful of those people in my life. I wish I was one of those people in my life. But there are some that just, just to have seemed to totally tapped into that relationship with God that, that, that they are, they are full-flowing with those resources. What does that look like? Let's look at what that looks like. Verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That Christ will make his home in your heart. So you might be sitting there thinking, well, I said yes to Jesus. I accepted Jesus. He, why, why isn't my life different? Why isn't, is, is he at home in my heart? And, and I dare to say that, well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. So, so how many people here have moved into a new home? Raise your hand if you moved into a new home. I can see you. I know you all have. So when you go into your new home, you walk into your new home, you unload all your stuff, you set all your stuff up, and then... And then is that house your home right off the bat? Is it just like, wow, this is my home? Or do you see like the potential for home? It, it just seems kind of like, off. Oh, you see your stuff there, that something's right, but it's not, it's not finished. I think that's, that's a, what our relationship with Jesus can be, that you can, you can sit here and you can confess and believe and make the statement and invite Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior, and yet he's in your heart, but your heart's not home yet. That home takes some time to, to turn your apartment or your house into your home. That, that's not just moving your stuff in. That, that takes time to, to settle, to, to get familiar, to, to rearrange and, and organize. And, and, and that's not a whole lot different than with Jesus. That, that there's a process for him to make his home in your heart. That that, that takes something. And, and here it says right here, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him as you trust in him. I'd like to say that when I first came to Christ, that I fully, 100%, totally trusted him. I'd like to say that right now. I'd like to say that I, that I completely and utterly trust in Jesus. But my behavior says otherwise. That sometimes I, I rely on other areas that this, is, this might be where my trust is. That my trust might be in my family relationships. My trust might be in in my church position. My trust might be in my finances or my job or that, that those are other areas that we kind of shift to. But, but if, I, if I truly desire Jesus to have his home in my heart, then there's, there's got to be a, a, a process of, of that changing, that, that I've got to put myself in situations where I can trust in him. That, that it doesn't come from just doing stuff that you can just do stuff and, and have Jesus not be at home in your heart. That, you know, if, if you're coming to church on a Sunday morning just to check off a box, look, I got it done, I was seen, I did, I did my right thing. If I'm, if I'm going to a grow group, because my pastor keeps telling me to, so I'm going to go so they, when they do the attendance, my name is checked off the box there. That, that it could be even, I'm going to go to Honduras as a missionary because, you know, that probably looks really good to the leadership and it's something that I should do. That, that my pastoral prayer for you is not that you, you figure out the do's and don'ts and, and, how to, and how to put on a good Christian faith, a face. That, uh, that That's not what we're looking for. Our desire, our pastoral prayer is for you to know Jesus personally, to know him intimately. Granted, some of those things, coming to church on Sunday morning and grow groups and serving, those are, those are avenues and opportunities to, to get there. But, but our desire is that your heart and your focus is to get to know him personally and intimately. And what ends up happening when you start doing that, your roots grow down. So we've had, we've had people come into the into, simple church the first time, and they are hurting and broken, and they think it's going to be a quick fix. I'm going to start going to church. It's going to be a quick fix. Everything is going to be a whole lot better. And, uh, and, and that's what they're fishing for. And, and unfortunately, painfully so, they last a couple weeks, because they're looking for the quick fix. But if you're coming into a congregation, if you're coming into a body, and and you understand that it's a relationship with God and a relationship with others that will see that process play out, that well, there's a different kind of relationship building opportunity that needs to happen there. And, and And it's painful for us as pastors to see people come and go. Not because we want to fill the seats, but because we understand what what relationship means, what relationship means with each other and what relationship means with, with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for that. We pray for that because we can see changes. I was having a conversation with a lady after first service who came in here a year ago, broken and hurting. And I think she was looking for a quick fix that day And I think that day I had a conversation with her saying, you're not gonna find the quick fix in a day. It's not gonna happen in a day. A year later, she's still here. A year later, she's still broken and hurting, but it's different. It's different. She knows Jesus better. Her heart is more of a home to him now than it's ever been before. Her roots are growing down, and she's praying for them to grow down further and further this is our pastoral prayer for you that you know Jesus personally personally and intimately because it'll make a difference verse 18 here's part of the difference and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is may you experience the love of Christ though it's too great to understand fully so i find relief in these verses but i'm gonna, so i ask this question who here understands how long, how high, how deep God's love is for you? Raise your hand if you understand that. Do you feel bummed that you're not raising your hand? He raised his hand. He's got no clue what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the six-year-old kid over here. He just heard, raise your hand. I don't understand it fully. And there's a relief in these verses because, because Paul says, you're probably not going to. He says, you're probably not going to. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. If they should, that means they're probably not. Not that it's that it's a horrible thing that you probably don't, but but there's but there's a goal here. I probably should. How long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though. It's too great to understand fully that that even no matter how much I understand him, there's more. There's more. And this is our pastoral prayer for you, that you understand God more and more and more and more. That you never get to a place in your relationship where it's like, you know I understand enough. Don't ever get to a place where you think you understand enough. We pray that that you understand more and that you want to no more. That you want the relationship with him to grow and grow and grow. That, that if I look at my relationship with my wife, if I think, okay, it's good here. I'm going to stop trying to know her better. I'm going to stop trying to love her better or understand how she loves me better. If that's, if that's the benchmark and I'm done, that relationship's going to wither and die. Our prayer for you is that your relationship with Jesus doesn't wither and die, that it's moving forward. Step by step, that you get to to know him better and and understand him more, that that you experience his love with the encouragement that there is always more. There is always more. The next verse then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Do you ever get the feeling that something's missing? 20 years ago, I was a raving atheist. My, my wife was a believer. That's a whole different story why the believer married the atheist, but it worked out well. We don't recommend it. I was a raving atheist. And at the time, I was working with other believers that were kind of slowly starting to speak into my life. And, and I started listening to what the Jesus freaks had to say on talk radio and some questions were being answered. And, and, and there came a moment where I was laying on the bed in tears telling Amy, I think I'm missing something. I think I'm missing something. And she breaks down in tears because she said, for years I've been praying that exact sentence that you would realize that you were missing something. Before we came to Christ, we were missing something. After, we came, after I came to Christ, guess what? I still feel like I'm missing something. Not the significant missing something that I was before Jesus, but, but I know that my relationship with him is not perfect it is not complete. There is still a process to play out. There is still a race to be, to be run. Anybody there with me? That, that, it, that it's okay. It's okay to be missing something because, because Paul's expecting it. The understanding is there. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Paul is saying, you're not complete. Not yet. You're on that path. You're you're on your way. Keep going in that direction. Continue to to trust in Jesus. Continue to let those roots grow down into God's love. And and the closer that you get, the the, the deeper the roots go, the more that you trust, the more that you experience and, and respond to his love, the more complete you will be. And that's a pastoral prayer that we have for you. We want you to be complete. It's painful to see broken people. But we love the opportunity to see broken people get fixed, to be repaired, to to, to see your lives become what it is, more of what it is that God has for you, what he wants for you. We pray that you be complete. Verse 20, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. This is, uh, my pastoral prayer for you is, is for you, but, but understand that ultimately it's, it's pointed at, at God. That I want you to be complete not just for you but for God's glory as well that that ultimately you being complete that that as your roots grow deeper that as you experience his love as you become more obedient and trust and faith in him that 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 your life will impact and influence others that's my prayer for you and and understand that in the light of these in light of this prayer our pastoral prayer is for you to pray this prayer for yourself and others. Listen, as, as one of the pastors here, if I look out at, at this group of people, I don't know all your names. In fact, there's a number of you I've never met before. Our congregation has grown so much in the last year that, that uh, I know some faces, but I don't know all your names. So from a pastoral perspective, I can't be praying for you by name. That there's a, there is a, a limited level of prayer that I can be doing for you and on your behalf. So one of my prayer becomes, one of my pastoral prayers, and if you've gone through growth track, you hear this, is that, that you take on this role and responsibility as well. That pastoral prayers doesn't mean that just the pastors pray this prayer. That if you've gone through growth track, anybody gone through growth track and pop for Pastor Shepard? So it's got a bunch of hands go up. For Pastor Shepard. You pop for Pastor Shepherd. Are you are you one of the pastors? You're not one of the name pastors, right? So guess what? You have still just as much influence. If not more. If not more. That me as one of the name pastors, there's an expectation of what I say and do. Granted, the expectations for me are much lower than the expectations for Aaron, which is why I'm up here in shorts and Crocs. However, the expectations of of me as one of the pastors I'm supposed to say this stuff I'm supposed to do this stuff I can have influence and encouragement from position but you as the congregation you get to have the the impact and influence from relationship that the expectation isn't because well he popped for Pastor Shepard so he should be doing this stuff it's just you can that that I don't need to know all of your names. You need to know all of your names. Somebody in this body, somebody in this congregation should know your name. And if you know that person's name, you should be praying this prayer for them in some form or fashion. That if you know somebody in this congregation, you take advantage of the opportunity to say this prayer, that you pray for, for completeness, that you pray for roots growing down deep in his love, that that you're praying for a transformation of, of another person's life in Jesus Christ. Good grief, the power that can flow through this room. That's something that me and Aaron combined could never hope to, to match. It's on you. You have the opportunity. If you intentionally pursue the, the, this prayer for others and yourself, if you're intentionally searching out after the fruit of this prayer instead of just like, kind of like sitting back and saying, well, the, if the pastor's going to pray for it, maybe the, the empowerment stick will whack me upside the head and I'll be complete. You've, you've got a role. You've got a responsibility. You've got opportunities to impact this congregation. You've got opportunities to impact this community. You've got impact, opportunities to, to impact the world. You need to be in the race. You need to be in the game. This prayer is an encouragement to, to be in the race, to be in the game. To see god's infinite flowing power play out not just in your lives but the lives of each other what does that look like i don't know what does that look like in your life we you know, we offer up opportunities here that if you haven't taken growth track growth growth tracks one of those things so if we take our vision statement seriously anybody know our vision statement oh god somebody's got to know it reaching people far from god and teaching them to follow jesus step by step reaching people far from god teaching people to teaching people to follow Jesus step by step our desire is for you and the people that come in here to follow after Jesus, to have a relationship with him to to follow after him in such a way that you look more and more like him and we offer up growth track as, as initial steps in that that we've got so many people here that had absolutely no clue what their spiritual gifts were have gone through growth track and and something changed. They connected with with God in such a different way that they were able to see themselves more how God has seen them, definitely how God has created them. And in that process, they, they get to know him better, the one that created them. And their lives change. And and when their lives change, the congregation changes. And and when the congregation changes, the community changes as well. You've got the opportunity to take that first step in growth track. If you're looking for for relationships with others, we have grow groups. Not the moment. They're just wrapping up. But our our fall season starts in September. and, And we encourage you to be a part of grow groups, not just so we can have tallies on a spreadsheet that shows how many people are participating, but because we understand the... The impact that relationships have. That, that sometimes it does take the strength of another person to, to encourage them to tap into the strength of God. You've got that opportunity. And, and we have places to serve. And, and serving is not just so that we can get everything done and have Sunday go off without a hitch. Serving is an opportunity to, to sacrifice time and energy to get to know other people that you're serving with that you wouldn't normally on a Sunday morning those 13 people that are going to Honduras they'll be together for seven days seven days it's only seven days but when they come back they'll know each other better they'll have a relationship with each other that is radically different than any relationship they're going to have with you not as a slight to you But that's that's what what happens when when you serve together. God desires that for you. That in that, the, the roots of love in God grow down. They get stronger. Their lives are more complete. We pray that for you. Pray that for each other. Please pray that for each other. Please pray that for each other. I'm gonna close out praying through this prayer once again. But know that you know, this prayer is for believers. This prayer is for believers. And if, if you're not a believer, if you're not someone who has confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that, 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 well, this prayer is just kind of like not quite there yet for you. But this morning that can all change that can all change. I'm going I'm to say a prayer I know that there's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just some words that give you the opportunity to do two things, believe and confess. That you might be sitting here going, I just, you know, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but man, what Paul's praying for his people, that sounds, that sounds lovely. That sounds like where I need to be. If, you know, the Holy Spirit might be saying, come on, come this way. Come, come follow me. Let's see life be different. What comes with that is not, is not like a, a snap of the fingers and everything is better and easy. There'll be like a honeymoon period where it all seems really awesome and then the honeymoon period wears off and you realize, oh, I've actually got to trust. Some things have to change. I got to get to know him. And that's where being a part of a congregation helps. Being a part of grow group helps serving. You get to to connect and and build community not just with with Jesus but with his body as well. So if you're at that moment where it's like today, today I'm going to confess and believe. Today I'm going to put the stake in the ground. Today is my first step forward. I'm going to offer up a prayer and you can join in. And then we'll pray through the prayer of Ephesians with some slight word tweaks to make it a little bit more personal. But if you want to Bow your head and close your eyes. For anyone who is confessing Jesus for the first time, let's just go at it right now. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to hear about your son. This morning... I will take the stand and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and I will believe in him with the relief of knowing that I don't have to understand it all right now. But I pray that, that I start walking down a path with others that allow me to understand you better. I pray that roots start growing. I pray that you give me the opportunities to trust in you and that I take them and that you just continue to pursue me even when I look in the other direction. This morning, I confess and believe. And then with Paul's prayer, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower us with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. That our roots will grow down into God's love and keep us strong and that we may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, then we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you, God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty, work at, mighty, mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think Glory to you, Father, in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And the church said, amen. This is downer music right now. This is awesome prayers here, though. These are prayers of celebration and of hope and of moving forward. And and I pray that you grasp that and that you run with it and that you allow God to, to invest in you so that you can see how he wants to invest in others through you. Uh, this is our prayer for you.